Yeah, you better have the other to go with it also. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so let's begin over here. So take a look at this Shalas and Chuvas Marshal. So the Marshal isn't the earliest one to talk about this. The Marshal was a cousin of the Ramah. But he, uh, he lived a little bit before. He was a little older than the Ramah, but he was a cousin of the Ramah. And this was the, not the first time it's addressed, because really it's addressed in the Rishonim. The Trumas Hadeshin talks about it, the Kalbay talks about it, the Yerucham talks about it. But what's interesting about the Maharshal is the Maharshal is the first person that I've seen that's cynical about it. It's very interesting, you'll see. He's cynical about it. He doesn't understand where did this come from? What made this into a thing? So the Simon Ayim Bays. He says, Sha'ila Lamisha Rosh Kavit, someone whose head hurts him. Yeshla Hatter Lesha Vilacha Bagila Rosh. Can he eat eat uh, supper without a yamaka? Chuva Ainaniya Deya Isra Lavarah Blakis Rosh. I don't even know if there's an Isra to make a bracha without a yamaka. Even that he doesn't know a source. Umaharai, that's a trumasadeshan. Pashudla Sha Asur Bahaz Karas Shame Blakisi Rosh. It's pasha to him that it's aser. And remember the terminology here, that it's aser. It's forbidden to make a bracha say Hashem Shemaim without covering your head. I don't know where he got it from. So he brings one source. He brings a mesech to seifrim. We'll skip it. That's so irrelevant. But it seems to say that Roshim Megula, you can't say Hashem's name. So he has a source. So a couple of lines down, at the end of the line, it says, Rabbeinu Yeruchim. Like four or five lines down. Rabbeinu Yeruchim Kasav V'Soif Nesiv Tezayin Sha'asr Levarach Begila HaRosh. Rabbeinu Yeruchim was a Rishon. He was a Talmud of the Rosh. And he says, it's also to make a bracha with Gila HaRosh. So he says like this. V'luli She'eineni Rogel Lachal Kadmainim. I don't usually argue on the earlier, the Rishonim, Im Loi She'esh Gadol She'eseyeni, unless I can find another Rishon that, that supports me. Ha'isi Naitel HaKal, I would be inclined that you should be lenient, the Levar Abigilarash, you can even make a brach with Gilaharash, but I feel look with Kriyashma Shari, you can even say Kriyashma without a Yamaka. Now listen to this Medrash. This is fascinating. Shari Isa Bemedrash Rabbah, Amra Brachya, Malach Basavidam, if a regular king, Mishagar Prud Gama, Shaloyla Medina, he puts out a decree out into the, you know, it's posted up all around the country. What do all the people do? When they have to read the decree, they get up on their feet, and they uncover their heads. They did this way back then. It's not just a Christian thing. This is, you know, Medrash Rabbah. They would uncover their head, and they would read it in, in fear and in respect. He, Hashem tells us, say Kriyashma, Prudgama Didi, this is my decree. I didn't force you to say it, you don't have to stand, and you don't have to uncover your head. So the Medrash tells us, don't think you have to uncover your head when you're saying Kriyashma. You might think as a sign of respect, you should have to uncover your head when you're saying Kriyashma. No, Hashem says that. Take it easy. I don't, make the, I don't make you do that. I don't make you uncover your head when you say Kriyashma, right? So this sounds scary. Like wow, you know who edited this medrash? It's a, how could a medrash say a thing like that, right? It also sounds like they were, it was the common practice to all, everybody would have their head covered. Though. Correct. Now, where nobody wears that. That's that is that's definitely a fact. Uh, interestingly, um, who was telling me this? Uh, Dan Dan Klasko was telling me this that he had a friend whose father was a, um, a haberdasher. Right, had a haberdashery, made hats, and they went out of business shortly after K 
Kennedy became president because he was the first president to have his presidential picture taken without a hat. That's when it went out of style to wear hats. <laughs> if you look at the earlier pictures from the early 60s or the 50s, everybody wore a hat. If you look at a picture of like the 1950s, yeah. World everybody, Series, everyone's wearing everybody a hat. Everybody wears a hat, yeah. So I did go out of style at some point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so moving on. That what? Meaning? You have to? Yeah, 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 yeah. That you do. Yeah, right. That you do, right. That's, that's, that's expected. Okay, so this is, his, this is his medrash. He says, look at this medrash. The medrash doesn't seem to have anything to, on the contrary. You don't have to cover your head. So he continues on saying, There's no iser to uncover your hair. We, it wasn't just we didn't uh, we didn't require it. Uma asked but he says, "What can I do?" Shikvar hoyru leiser. It's already been accepted that it is usher to say a bracha or to say kriyshma or to daven without a head covering. Abul bezet mihani, but this is what surprises me. Shenogu iser bepriyas roish af beloit filo. Already everybody has accepted upon themselves that you don't walk around without a head covering, even without davening. Just regular, you know, on the street. I don't know where that came from. You only find that a woman is not allowed to walk around with her head uncovered. A married woman. Now, here's where he starts bringing the Gemara. It's a midas chasidus. It's something that, you know, if you're a tzaddik, you do. You shouldn't walk around with your head uncovered. And even that is only walking four Amis. It's a Gemara Masechta Shabbos. Amar, as he writes, Rav Chanina, but Argir says, Rav Huna Breda, Rav Yeshua. Taisi Li. Doloi Sagina, Dalad Amis, Begila Roish. So Taisi Li is an interesting language. It comes up many times in the Gemara. And you find it whenever the Gemara, when an Amara says, I did something admirable. I did something that's Lufnim Mishur Sadin. I did something that's above and beyond the call of the law. He says, Taisi Li. Give it up for me. You know, that's what the language means, basically. Give, give, let, let, let's have a hand. That I didn't walk Daladamas with my head uncovered. So, if Ravona Breder of Yeshua is proud of himself that he's not walking around with uh, out of Yamaka, is hardly something that you could say everybody's obligated to do. A similar Gemara in Kedushin. You're not allowed to walk Dalad Amis with your head erect. It was just like a stance of gaiva, of haughtiness. Hashem fills up the whole world. wouldn't walk for Amis with his head uncovered. above my head. Mashma dafka bekaimas kufa hu aser. It's mashma that it's only walking around with haughtiness is actually aser. I will gil haraish aim by iser because the Gemara changes this language. Kaimas kufa it says is aser. The next thing it says Rav Huna Rav Yeshua did that. Rav Huna Hichmer al Atzmoi Mikayach Midas Chasidus. And now he says like this. He puts out an interesting. This is where he gets cynical. Ba'achshav hulahapach. Now it's the opposite. Bekaimas kufa to walk around haughty. They walk around with gaiva, ain't this harem, no one cares. Adarab hageim, the bali gaiva, ashirim, and the rich guys, halchim netuye garin, they walk around with their head erect. Ubegila harosh nis harem, but in covering their head, everybody's careful. Loi machmus chasidus, and not because they consider it to be chasidus, ala soivrim das yehudasi. They consider it to be, uh, you know, one of the main tenets of, of Judaism. Okay, now he continues. I also found that's specifically outside. 
Also, the concept of Kaimis Kufa, walking in that position, is outside. Even though Hashem is everywhere, inside too. It doesn't appear that you're not, not, not uh, acknowledging HaKadosh Baruch Hu, His existence, only when you're outside. And that's where you should be careful, you know, Hashem's above you, the heavens are above you. Okay. Now he says, Again, that's the Trumas Hadesh and Kosov She'ein L'chalag Bin Bayez L'chotzer. You shouldn't differentiate between house and inside. Outside and inside. Ki Meloi Chol Aretz Kavoydoi. Ha'inu Ba'ezkar Hashem. That was just regarding making a bracha. That you should cover your head inside or outside. But walking around without a yarmulke, outside that's a thing. Inside, he thinks not so much. V'chein Mestabr Shemiz Chasidus Hu Ba'ezkar Hashem. Makes sense that there's a Midas Chasidus. Even Haskar Hashem, he just calls a Midas Chasidus. Midas Chasidus, Haskar Hashem, Shalaya Begila Rosh. Kamai Hoylech Dalad Amas Barbara Shemayim. The same way as walking outside with Dalad Amas Barbara Shemayim. So now he wants to equate um, wearing a yarmulke when you make a bracha, that's everywhere. Anytime you make a bracha, you dab and you say, Kriyashma, you should wear a yarmulke. And outside, walking Dalad Amas, you should wear a yarmulke. And both of them, he feels, is on the level of Midas Chasidus, not an Isser. Then he says, V'chein matzasi kasev b'shem haram, shekalza midas chasidus. The ram is not the rambam, it's the rambi Rottenberg, the Russia's rebbe. Shekalza midas chasidus, al shaharaf kasev sheyesh limchois. We should protest. Shalili kanez v'beis ha-knesses b'gil ha-roish. You shouldn't allow someone into shul when his head is uncovered. V'chein ha-tur lo kasev v'chas ha-roish ha-gabitfilo. The tur, when he mentions covering your head, he's just talking about davening, v'lo y'gabit kriyishma. But my Esa, what can I do? Shaha'am nohogu by Isser. And this is what I was telling you before. It's important how we look at it. Everybody treats it like an Isser. Ve'eni rishoy lehakol b'fneim. And we're not permitted to be lenient. When everybody perceives it as something that's wrong, when everybody perceives it, that this is a, a core intrinsic part of Judaism, that's not something that can be changed. As much as we cannot find a source for it, as much as perhaps we can find a source the opposite way. Go ahead. Do you think that perception applies where, where you're alone? I mean, if nobody's around. So it's interesting. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, to tell you, to answer your question, there was a one of the earlier Paiskim that his it hurt his head to wear a yarmulke or to wear a head covering. I don't even know the head yarmulkes. Maybe they just had like the big coverings in those days. And he would learn when he was alone. He would learn without a head covering. But he was caught, <laughs> and it was reported, okay. and that it became a big, uh, it became a big deal. Okay, so and they, they made that point. They actually make that point to say, like, don't think you know. People will see you. Some, someone, someone's gonna, it's gonna catch up with you. Where, okay. Where does that, is that like Al Tifrishma? It's like that concept where like if everyone's doing it, we have to do it. It's more than that, I think. He's saying that it's be, once it's become that way, when everybody treats it that way, then it gets a kind of status of halacha. It gets a halachic status. Yeah, okay, but even, we'll see it's even more than that. Now, this is, look what he says. On, he, he's still a little cynical about this. Vishumati, this was, so he just mentioned what I just said. I heard about one chacham that used to learn how you loymed begilu harosh. He would learn with his head uncovered. But Amar shakavad al masi said he get a headache. Come up near beina afshein iser bedaver. Even though there's no iser, but aflamidis chasidus kishe ena maskar shem. It's not even midis chasidus when you're not saying Hashem's name. 
Certainly, should be careful. Everybody else looks at it like it's the wrong thing and it's pritzus. And you're being over on a main halacha of Torah. Even if you're learning alone, ain't listen to Someone might see you and, uh, and, and because as a result of that, be lenient in other things. It's not for nothing. They said, anything that's Asar, even says, Now he was a Sephardi. And I'm going to uncover this uh, embarrassing practice that Ashkenazim have. So apparently, Ashkenazic practice was they would go to a Goyesha inn. And they would drink the wine that they served. And it was Yain Nesach, it was Tam Yainam, there was no Hechshir on it. They would drink Yain Nesach. And they eat the food that they cook. It's kosher, it's, it's fish, even though it's, it's, it's Bishalakum. They eat the fish in this inn. And if you're a Machmir, they'd ask the innkeeper, oh, did you cook meat before that? Did you cook tray for meat first? That's the Machmir. You make sure that the pot was kosher. Or that, that you, know, you believe the, 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 the non-Jewish innkeeper that it was kosher. So they do all that. And, and those people, they're okay. And you don't check after him. You know, you, you, you trust such a person. And you give him respect. He's a powerful person. But a person who eats and he drinks and he only eats kosher. But he walks around without a yarmulke. This guy's not Jewish. Hmm. So he's, he's ready. He, he points out that fact which exists today. There's no question. Someone can be over Averis, and I'm not just talking about Lashon Hara, not to make light of Lashon Hara, but <laughs> he can be over even more serious Averis than that. And, and people can know about it. Like stuff that, you know, makes headlines, kind of, this kinds of things. And, and, and you know, whatever. Okay, it happens, you know, people, they, they make mistakes and, 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 and you'll eat in his house and, and maybe even do a shidduch with him and all kinds of different things. But someone who doesn't wear a yarmulke, you won't. And he's, he's being cynical about it, but it's a fact. That is the way we look at it. And we have to understand why we look at it that way, but we do treat things that way. That's interesting. You can stop a minute and think about that. It's already, this, he lived um, 400 years ago. Okay, so this is, this, is, uh, this is an effect already at least 400 years. So what is her, is the ogre? Shad Marasayin? Shad Marasayin is assuming there's a problem. Is if there is a problem, right? So then you're doing Marasayin. What's the problem? We've got to figure out what the problem is. He hasn't figured out what the problem is. He's saying it just is. <laughs> That's what he's saying. It's his own category. He's saying, yeah, it is. It just, it's just a thing. It's a thing because it became a thing. So someone is going to think you're not on the same religious level as you are. Someone is right. It basically, it's, it's, it's symbolic. That? That's what it is. What's wrong with that? There's nothing. What's wrong? He sees trying okay. So here's the thing. So I guess what he's saying is like this. Someone's walking around without a yamak. He probably has some kind of reason why he's not. Right? Let's say it's even not a good reason. Let's say it's not even a good reason. Let's say it's because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. He doesn't like walking around with the yarmulke. It's uncomfortable. He likes feeling the hair, the wind run through his hair. He says, okay, big deal. He said, but he's not drinking Yainesach, right? He's not eating treif. These people are eating treif. And those people we're okay with. Is this guy okay? So he doesn't want to wear a yarmulke. And we're writing him off. That's his problem. That's the problem he has. But the thing is that that hasn't changed. It's a 400-year-old problem, but still, we still look at it that way. The problem is what people will think of him no, he's just, he's just observing. He's saying that's the fact. We look at such a person and we say, eh, 
He's not so Jewish. But anyways, about everything they do, about the guy's dressed, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's what I'm trying to say is that there's a source to be judgmental, and it's 400 years old. That's all. What? Is it a problem? Is a good question. He's saying it is a problem. What his question is, what's the reason why you're out in the first place? He's not even getting into that. He's starting with that assumption that there is some problem that some people have, and that's why they're judgmental. Correct. I think that's what that problem is the same problem we have today. I think that's what I think. Abe's trying to figure out what the problem is. Right. Yeah. And so is he. Yeah. No, but whose perspective are we looking at? From the average person, the average Jew, the Jew, because it really depends. If it's the average person, I don't think the average person knows the difference between whether a Jew should be wearing kippah or not. That's correct. I mean, the average person knows that a Jew should be wearing kippah. He, he doesn't have any way. He doesn't have. Well, these Jews do. The ones he's talking about. But he, he's saying that they have no way to measure, they have no value system to know that wearing a kippah is down here and not eating kosher is up here. And somehow their value system became like this. Not wearing a, a, a yarmulke is, oh my gosh, you know, that's Chayve Krisus. That, that's, that's, his pro, that's his problem. That's his problem that he has. And he, it's just funny that what's, what's so interesting to me is that that's the thing that he's jumping on is the fact that we're judging the person. It's very interesting. He's not jumping on that it, it, people are over, people won't be over, they will do this over, they won't do that over. That's not what he's, he's not saying, oh, a person will easier eat tray if they're not where you are. No, no. He's talking about how people look at that person. That's what bothers him. What's and that's fascinating. What's the shock that people are focused on external? Well, it's true. You think, right? <laughs> it's this is from the perspective yeah? of Orthodox Jewry. Correct. Totally. That's what it is. If at yeah. some point then that somehow changed. Right. The more people became aware of this, right. we all collectively were like, oh, that's ridiculous. We don't have to wear yarmulke anymore. Right. Would that revert? According to him? According to him, well, he's not going to start. He says, I'm not arguing with the Paiskim and the Rishayim and whoever. I'm not going to disagree with them. defined by the collective That's what it would seem. Then if the collective perception changes, does that mean the halacha changes too? Well, see, he's not the last word over here. This is Marshall. Marshall is his opinion. This, this is Marshall's opinion, by the way, everybody. We're not ending yet. There's more to be said about this. But I'm just saying, I'm just one of the first Svarim that wrote about it and this was his perspective it's a fascinating perspective well, look how far it's gone in the sense of like they've gotten so far that even Jews that are covering their hair but not with the kind of yam that they want to be covering we're like oh, they, there sure. you go there you have it hey you know once you, once you start that's where it goes you know yeah yeah 100% that's where it goes okay so let's uh, go ahead so his argument is that, okay, but how much of a lack of Yerushimayim should it reflect already? If it's not really such a halacha, how much can it reflect? Whereas eating treif, he's saying, that should reflect much more. But we don't look at it that way. We talk don't look at it that way. And that, that's, his, that's, his, that's his argument. But nowadays, more or less but nowadays, somebody goes to eat out of the Specifically, yeah. Like, we would put them at a lower level. Yourself. Well, yeah, if someone would eat treif, treif. But there is, this, is, this is a good example. Because this, is, this kind of thing, in those days... It was like eating from a, uh, it's eating from a restaurant that everybody says is not a good ashkacha. That's what these people were doing. And we, he says it was treif, you know, because in those days it was not clear, I guess. People didn't really know the halacha with Yain They didn't know the halacha. They weren't viewed as eating treif. They were justifying it. They knew that Rabbanim said you shouldn't be eating there, but other people said, yeah, it's politics, you could eat there, you know, how <laughs> the things go. So that, that's, the way, that's the way it was viewed. He's saying, and here they're doing something which they know is questionable and kashrus. That, that everybody agrees. They're doing something which is not 
it's definitely questionable, and that's okay, and this is not. Okay, let's, 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 uh, let's finish with the mashal here. Let's take a look now, let's go on to the next page here, and let's start seeing what it actually says in Shulchan Aruch. This is mentioned clearly in Shulchan Aruch three times, and uh, each time it's in a different, it's mentioned in a different context, and it's very important. So the first time is where you would expect to find it, is uh, Simon Bays, Arachayim Simon Bays, right? It's not Simon Aleph, but it's Simon Bays. Right away in the beginning. Lo yelech arba amis haroish. Don't walk dalad amis with your head uncovered. So the Beis Yasef doesn't say it's a Midas Chasidis. The Beis Yasef doesn't say if you want, outside, inside. He makes a blanket statement and he says, do not walk dalad amis without Begilah haroish. The Beis Yasef's opinion, this is the Beis Yasef's opinion, is that it's an Isser. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to hold to Midas Chassidus. Now we're going to see there's a contradiction in the Beis Yasef. But what the Beis Yasef, like, when the Beis Yasef himself says in Beis Yasef, he seems to hold that it's a real Chiyah. We'll get to it in a minute, well, where he deduces that is, from. Is that really the way to show No. I mean, here he just doesn't make any differentiation, that's all. He does his layout. In, in Beis Yasef he clarifies, I'll show you in a minute how he does. Go ahead. Yeah. That what? This is Shulchan Aruch. He's looking at Shulchan Aruch. Yeah, this is Shulchan Aruch, right here. What should you tell the Syrian? Okay, I don't, I don't know. See, I didn't want to bring that up because I don't really know the pshat. I know that the Ars Sefaradim, the Taka, are very not makbit. And I'm not sure we're, at what point it started dividing along Ashkenazic and, and Sephardi practice. But there, there's clearly a difference. I'm not so sure what the, what the pshat is. Like why. Yeah, I'll talk, we'll talk about it. Let's, let's see all three. There's three sources here in Shulchan Aruch. I just want to see all three. The tour does to, direct on it. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk in a minute. First, we'll see Shulchan Aruch. So this is Simon Bays. Turn to the next page. You see Hilchas Tzitzis. In Elchus Tzitzis it says, uh, Sif Beis here, it says, Seder Adifasai, how do you put on your talus? The way you wear a talus, actually, is the way people wear clothing. And they go to work. Sometimes the talus covers your head, and sometimes the talus doesn't cover your head. So here the Mechaber says, it's the right thing, that you should cover your head with a talus. Okay? So, this by itself doesn't seem to mean too much, because for all intents and purposes, the person is probably wearing a yarmulke, like we wear a yarmulke. The reason why this is very relevant is because the mechaber is coming from a tour. And the tour actually says something very different, which the mechaber is changing. What the tour says is, umechasa roishoi shaloyia begilu haroish. The Torah says that when you put on your talus, you should cover your head so that you shouldn't be begilu harash. You shouldn't be with your head uncovered while you're davening in St. Krishna. So the Beis Yosef right here says, one second, begilu harash. Simon Beis, I already told you you have to walk around with a yarmulke on your head. Why would, it, why would now when you're putting on your talus it would be an issue of you have to put the talus on your head so you shouldn't have your head uncovered. Your head's not uncovered. You're wearing your yarmulke. That's his problem. That's what he asks on the tour. So he says, that's not what the Torah means. The Torah doesn't mean your head will be uncovered. Of course you're wearing a yarmulke. He means that you should, even though you're wearing a yarmulke, you should cover your head with a talus on top of the yarmulke, because sometimes the yarmulke might fall off, sometimes your head might be uncovered. So as a precaution, you should have two coverings. This is where two covering comes from. You should have two coverings on your head, not just the yarmulke. You should have the talus plus the yarmulke. That's the way he wants to learn the tour. And that's the way he says it over here. It's better to cover your head with a talus because the head covering itself, that's assumed you have. He changes the language of the tour. The Ramah in Dark Moshe, even though he doesn't disagree here in Shulchan Aruch, but in Dark Moshe he says, 
I say, he says, I don't disagree with you technically, but that's not pshat in the tour. That's not pshat. He says, no, the tour means you're not wearing a yarmulke because you don't have to wear a yarmulke. It's a midas chasidus. That's what the Dark Amisha says. It's a midas chasidus to wear a yarmulke, but you're not obligated to wear a yarmulke. So that's why the tour is telling you, at least when you're davening, make sure you cover your head with your talus. And he says, I, I don't disagree with you in, in, in essentially, based I, I hold, yeah, everybody should be wearing yarmulke, but don't tell me that's shot in the tour, that's not what the tour means. So he doesn't disagree with the Beis Yosef here, and he says, fine, of course, cover your head with your talus is a good thing to do. But he doesn't agree that that's what the tour means. So that means according to the Ramah, the tour, the, the tour himself holds, you don't have to wear a yarmulke. So it means chasidus, but you don't have to wear a yarmulke. The Beis Yosef does not want to accept that. The Beis Yosef says, no, it's an obligation to wear a yarmulke. It's not a means chasidus. Everybody has to wear a yarmulke. So right in the base, already it's in Beis Yosef and Dar Kemosha, whether it's a real obligation just means chasidus. Is it possible that during Davening, when you're wearing tefillin, and the head coverings that they used to wear would be difficult to wear with tefillin. That Bigger they, ones? That specifically it would, you have to cover ger, your, with your talus during davening because you you're took off the head covering? Because you're uncovered during that. You took off the head covering. As opposed to then generalizing the, 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 Yeah, the, the practicality of it wouldn't make much of a difference. In other words, his problem is, is that why would the tour have to tell you keep your head covered if obviously you always keep your head covered? So what you want to cover your head with is not important. They'll cover it with that head covering or with the talus. But why would the tour have to say, oh, make sure you cover your head with the talus? So your should, head shouldn't be uncovered. Your head, you know that your head can't be uncovered. Everybody knows that. We already said that in Simon Bays. You can't have your head uncovered. So that's what's bothering him. And that's why he has to make this assumption that you have to have two coverings. This is the second, this is the second shot. By, like, by, by davening, right, 100%. This is by davening. There's a Mishra that talks about with tefillin making sure that your head's covered. Correct. Well? You see there's a complete split. One saying you have to have a double covering, one saying... You don't have to cover it at all. Correct. Correct. Yes, that's very important. It's, it's, you, you see a very distinct difference in, in, in opinion here. How to approach this whole sugya. It was very unclear. It was very, very unclear. But the, and it still doesn't bring like a reason right, why you should have your head covered. Exactly. Two? That's also another thing. You mean the cover with the towels or cover with the oh, yamaka? Like, he doesn't bring the reason. He doesn't bring the right. reason. He, he no just... We just brought the that's, that's all he brings. That's in the basis of that's all he brings. He quotes that Gemara in Shabbos and in Kedushin. That's a means chasidus. And he associates it with kaimas kufa. It's a part of have, being respectful to Shemayim. The same way you don't walk, but kaimas kufa. To demonstrate that Zmolech Halaretz Kavayda, Kaj Baruch was here, so you wear yarmulke for the same reason. The two things are definitely associated. That's all he says. It doesn't say more than that. Now, turn to the next page. It's Simon Hilchus Tefillah, Simon Sadi Aleph. And this is the third uh, source. And this is where the place, this is where it seems to start to contradict itself. So Simon Sadi Aleph, Sif Gimel, Sif Gimel. It says, "Yesh Oimrim she'aser lahaitzi has karami piv b'reish megula." Some people say you're not allowed to say a brachim and say Hashem's name when your head is uncovered. Yesh Oimrim and others say she'yesh limchoy shulah likanes bebeis hakneses begil harosh. You shouldn't walk into shul without a yamakon when your head is uncovered. So in Siv Gimel, he mentions two reasons, two situations that you have to have your head covered when you make a bracha and when you walk into shul. So the Paiskim Bey, Bagan Avram, others ask, wait, you said in Simon Bey's that you, have to, you can't walk Dalat Amasu without your head covered. Why are you telling me here and suddenly in Simon Sadi Aleph, can't make a bracha without a yamaka, you can't walk into shul without a yamaka, but... You already, it's like that. We're done with that already. <laughs> we know. We already know from wake when wake wake up in the morning. You have to have your head covered. Right now, think about that question for a minute. Is there any obvious solution to that question? 
What? Okay. It is. So maybe you're saying this is a different opinion. But why doesn't he bring the third year shamer, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, or you anyway have to have your head covered. Yeah, you know, that's kind of missing. If you're sitting in your kitchen not walking Daladamus, are you allowed to say a brother? Okay. That that so that'll answer the first. That's, 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 one, that's one possible solution, right? That making Hashem Shemayim have to walk. Maybe you're sitting in one place and you want to make a bracha, so it doesn't involve any walking. You have to, but does that help for the second one? The second one's walking into shul. That does involve walking, right? That's not going to help to answer the second case. He says you can't walk into shul without a yarmulke. What are you doing walking outside without a yarmulke? Well, indoors. So maybe he makes. They say he didn't make that distinction in Simon Bay's. So now we would have to deduce a distinction like that between indoors and outdoors. Okay. Again, we would have to make another distinction like that. Any other possibility? <laughs> Very good. There you go. There you go. Okay. That's an answer. Uh, uh, the other's answer that he never meant it, even the Beis Yosef, even the Beis Yosef never meant that it's an obligation. He always meant it was a Midas Chasidus. And this is an obligation. To not make a bracha without a yamaka, that's an obligation. Not to walk into shul without a yamaka, that's an obligation. But even the Beis Yosef never meant it was more than a Midas Chasidus. That's the responsibility. Well, yeah. Simon Bays, you mean? What you said in Simon Bays? Oh, yeah, that's what we are. I don't know. As far as Bacham. You want him to say Usser? Yeah. No. But then he's contradicting himself. No, no, no. It's true. No, 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 there's room. There's room to say that. There's room to say that. If we would have not had this contradiction, we would have said Layelach means it's Usser. Yeah. Yeah, it's not how to go. Not how to do it. Midas Chasidus, by definition, is for Chasidus. No, but Shofar often has Midas Chasidus. Often is, 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 that's broad. It's not often. That's unusual. It's unusual, yeah. It's unusual to say, especially something which is, especially something which is debated whether it's Midas Chasidus or not. You know, if something's not debated, everybody knows it's Midas Chasidus. So good, so he wrote it, he didn't clarify. But something which is debated, is it Midas Chasidus or not, and he doesn't clarify, that's funny. That's unusual. I mean, he already highlighted in the Beis Yasef that there's... Right, the, the he, he's aware of the question. So, that's, there's, so there's an interesting di- uh, difference we have here in between. Now, here, so now we can take, you turn back to the, the one that's in Simon Ches. The Taz comes up with a novel approach to why you have to wear a yarmulke. And this makes a huge difference in halacha, a huge difference. And he, he, he comes up with this, and this is a very interesting discussion point, whether the Taz's reason is applicable today or not, and what it's applicable to. So Taz is in Sifkat and Gimel, and he says, if you look, Sifkat and Gimel begins, he, we already said what he said here in the beginning, but if you go into the wide lines, Four lines into the wide lines. Again, this is the, the page of Shulchan Aruch that was in Hilchas Sitzis, Simon Ches, Taz, Sifkat, and Gimel. Four lines into the wide lines, it begins, Ube'inyan Iker Hadaber. There's a bolded word there, Ube'inyan. You got it? Everybody got it? Okay, Ube'inyan Iker Hadaber. Imyesh Iser Liyaz Begilu Harayish. Is there an Iser to have your head uncovered? Kasev or Shal was Shachuva Simonai. Beis, there ain't Iser Mitzaradin. There is no real Iser. And he brings a raya. I didn't require you to uncover your head. No problem. It's just a midas chasidus. 
like the Gemara says, Tasili, you have to thank me. Shalom is gina ar dalar amas begila reish. I don't walk four amas without my head uncovered. Da'afka alicha dalar amas only alicha dalar amas. Maskenasi de mekam makayim. Afila beloit fila yesh lezar. Even without davening, you should be careful. May acha shahaam toifsimaisil akalos olapritzus. The, everybody considers it to be Kalos and Pritzis, etc. So let's skip a couple of lines over here. Do you see where that hand is? Like a couple of lines under it. Go down one more line under the hand and to where it says, Ad Kan Lashayne Ayn Chaf Lamet. Belinir. Belinir Shayesh Isser Gomor Mitam Acher. I hold that there is a real Isser for another reason. Dahainu Kivin Shechoyku Achshav Bena Akum. This is something which has become a chayk. It's become a, a custom by the non-Jews. Sha'isin kain tamid. They do this constantly. Take of shayoshrim. Soon as they sit down, parkum eleyam akayva, they take off their hat. Im kain zen nichla bechlau uvuchukai seyem loisei leichu. Hold on. Kol shkein bechayk zeh shayoshram. Certainly when there's a reason, he says. Certainly when there's a reason. The kisei roish moiral yerushamayim. Covering your head is Yerushamayim. Kedus Sev Shabbos, Kasi Reishech, cover your head. Kechid Lehevelach Emser de Moirach, you should have Yerushamayim. Vechem Pikedushin, Ahu Gavr Loi Machasi Reishech, he didn't cover his head. Amri Hakhotzev Agavr, this person is a Machutzev. Chen Kasi Besefer HaMoira, Nevuchim. Gedel Chachamenu, Nimnoim, Legalas Reishem. Tamid Chacham don't uncover their head. Lias Ashkina Chachpefes, Vesechechas Oise, because Ashkina is on top of his head. Chen Matin Dvarim, they didn't talk too much. You have to be careful more than their other chukim. Stop. This is the Taz's chesh. The Taz says, not wearing a yarmulke is b'chukai seim loy selech. That's a loy to say. It's a loy to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is that what? Is an honorable thing to do. They find it to be respectful. Well, well, when you say it has a reason, one second. There's, there's, there's two levels of reason. Meaning it's like this. There's no reason why taking off your hat is respectful. That's arbitrary. Right? They decided that that's respectful. So that makes it already a chayk. If there would be a, a reason which is, at least it starts off with something that makes sense, that's not arbitrary, so then it's not a chayk. Right? And it's just a svar. But this does, there's no reason why it should be one way or another. They decided that way, right? It was some kind of... A, Collective decision that wearing a hat somehow is less respectful. I mean, it's very old, but is this is that, is that, is that, thank you, without having it be a hope to an actual Lavodazar? So it's just the town. So, that so that, that's what I'm open up. What do you think the has referring to? What does he say when he says they take off the hat when they go in the house? What does he mean? When they go home, they eat supper? <coughs> what is he referring to when he said they take off the hat? They wore hats always going outside. Okay. So when they went in their own so is home, that what he's referring to? They relaxed, they took their hats off. So that's what I mean. So that's called a chayk. You take off your hat because you like, I mean, I also take off my shirt when I go to sleep. That's a chayk? No, really. I'm saying if they're just doing it because of comfort, that's fast, right? That sounds like what he's saying, but it sounds so strange. Certainly. I mean, they don't wear hats at all, right? What are you saying? Okay. Okay. So there you could understand. So in other words, there are certain situations where it's uh, considered, you know, proper decorum to take off your hat. We can call that a chayk, right? like walking into a place of worship. You know, that's a. Isn't, isn't it regional? That what? Isn't it regional? So in other words, in a place where they don't take off their hat. That's correct. Yeah, it would. It would make. It would, that would also make a difference. Correct. Yeah. Right. This isn't a. That Maybe it did. I mean, why was it tastily? Why was it only yeah, a thing? All of a sudden, no, so he's trying to say, yeah, 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 he's trying to say that it changed. But the funny thing is that Medrash clearly showed that they did it then too, right? right? They took off their heads, yeah. but he's, he, he, he brings it down and then he doesn't like, uh, well, and he doesn't deal with that. Yeah, he doesn't deal with that. I was just saying that if 
if you do. I mean, that, for that matter, you don't see that everyone did. Well, it says that when they got a decree of the king, they took off their whoever, hat, and that was considered did. respectful. They said that's what everybody does, right? And Hashem says, oh, I don't require you to do that. So it sounds like sounds like that, that was a thing. Did. What? That just means whoever was wearing, uh-huh. you should take it off. I don't know. I don't know if that matter shows you that everyone was wearing. Oh no, I don't know. No, an economy. That's not his that's point either. His no, point have, is that. For, for you, your question is saying, then why the Tasey leave? Then, then everyone was doing it anyway. Uh, so what I'm saying is, you maybe didn't have to go with there. But you see, the, the Taz is trying to require you to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, the Taz is requ- trying to require everybody. And he's not telling you, don't take off your hat. That's also another point, right? You might say, okay, it's Chukah saying to take off your hat. Okay, fine. So I, won't, I just won't wear a hat. I won't wear anything on my head. I'll wake up in the morning and not wear anything on my head. He's saying, no, that's also Chukah Sa'akim. Right? We would hear. That it's taking off your hat. That's the that's the real you know that that's demonstrating something non-Jewish. But just not wearing a hat. Where's the black hat? Well, he is. On the street, it's fine. Which way? Walk on the street without a hat. It's fine. Yeah. So he's not even referring to that. You're saying, even though he's going on the halacha of halicha dal ramis. That's how Lach is referring to. It's Chuk Hussein. I don't know. I mean, that, that's just very fascinating. It's all, it's all good points. You have to think about this. What could the Taz possibly mean? He was trying to cover all bases here. He's trying to cover walking Daladamas. He's trying to cover when you're making a bracha. He's trying to cover in Shul and out of Shul. I'll tell you that even today, if you try to wear a hat, like a baseball cap, any kind of hat in court, they will tell you to take off. Will they? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah in court, yeah, yeah. you require to take it off. I worked for a judge who told people. Yamaka? Oh, keep it there, lad? Yeah, he specifically told me, the judge who I, who I was working for, he's like, you can keep that on, but like, he, he will tell people who are sitting in the courtroom, sir, please, please take off your hat. Got it. It's a matter of respect. Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, the, the lawyers are not wearing caps. It's, it was more for the original. Who made up the hat? All right. So that's a different. So that's a good question. Fine, that's an independent question. That's a good question. Uh, uh, There's a number of things like that. That's not a good question. That's true. And those people most of the time are not wearing in order to apply it the way that he's trying to, it seems like it's not about the act of taking it off. It's about the reason they're taking it off is to be uncovered. And therefore, Correct. therefore, the Indian is being uncovered. You mean that's the cut? Yeah. To have your head uncovered. It's not about the act of taking it off. It's not about when you're going in the right. Okay, good. Yeah, so he definitely is understanding that. That's the way the Taz is perceiving it. Very good. Okay, now let, let, me, let, me just, uh, let me just clarify here. Now, the, the, there's a very, very important distinction, and this is the way Rav Moshe pr- approaches this. Uh, the, the, so the, here's, here's, gonna, here's a very fascinating thing, and I just discovered this last night. In, uh, when I was growing up, so Rav Moshe passed away when I was about uh, seven or eight, I was young. Um, but regardless, even though he had just passed away, he was still the reigning Paisic, you know, in New York. And there were... Not, not that I, I'm not one to say who was someone's equal, who was not someone's equal, but you would then, in that, those days, you would hear often, like in one breath, Ramesha said like this, and the Debrutsina Rav said like that. In very, a lot of contemporary shouts. Debrutsina Rav was actually lived around the corner, and my grandfather used to dive in his shul, my father still dives there time to time. I remember him, he was Nifter when I was like 17, and he was a, he was a, or older even, maybe 20, and he was an alt, alt, old, old Hungarian rabbi, like the real old style Hungarian rabbi, slightly Hasidish, but really not, not necessarily Hasidish, they have an Ashkenaz in his shul. 
And they both wrote a tshuva about this discussion. Are, do you have to wear a yarmulke to work where you stand to you know, lose the job, not get the job, you don't wear it in the interview? That they, both, uh, they both approached this question. And here's a, it's just so fascinating. Do you just see the marked difference in approach between Ramesha, who was a very literature gobble, and the Debrasina Rav, who was a, you know, a more Hasidish style gobble, just the way they approached the question is like two different universes. It's just, it's, it's just very funny. So Ramesha approaches the question like this, very, very much from a halacha perspective. He says, do you have to wear your yarmulke to work where you stand a chance of losing a job, not getting the job through the interview, and or maybe in the workplace itself, you, will, you'll, you, know, you won't lose clients and etc. So Ramesha says, look, what is exactly the problem with wearing a yarmulke? We're not going to read it in time, we don't have so much, we're not going to read it inside, you can take a look afterwards. He says, what's the problem with wearing a yarmulke? Why do you have to wear a yarmulke? So he says, either it's a midas chasidus, so it's like a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. At best, it could be a mitzvah same in Atayra, but it's certainly not a mitzvah same in Atayra. So it's either a drabanon, if you want to make it a real obligation, or it's a minig. It's a power, very powerful minig, but it's a minig. That's on one side. And then he says, the taz, though, according to the taz, then it's a loisaseh. Now, there's a very big difference if something is a mitzvah or if something's a loisaseh. If you are faced with a situation where you have to be either a say or lose all your money, lose all, every dollar you own. And you have choices, you, you have to go to a business meeting and like your whole business revolves around this meeting and it's tray for food and if you don't eat with them, they're just gonna, you know, you're gonna lose the whole deal. So you're gonna lose all your money, you have to lose every dollar you own. There's no hatter to be ever in a license say. There's no chiv pikuch nefesh for a license say. That's only for, you know, for, for the, the gimel chamuris. But money, you have to lose every single dollar you have not to be ever a license say. That's the halacha. Whereas for a mitzvah saseh, that's not the halacha. For a mitzvah saseh, the most you're required to give up is a fifth of what you own. A fifth of what you own is the most of what you're required to give up. And that's for a real mitzvah saseh, the raisa. For something which is a minig, something which is a mitzchasidus, maybe, something which is a maybe the rabbanan, you're not really obligated even to give up that much. So if we look at it as a say like the taz, then sorry, you're going to have to go to work with the yamaka, you're going to have to take that interview with the yamaka, you lose the job, too bad. That's the way it is. They give up everything. Elisa say, there's no jokes. But if it's, if it's, uh, if it's a mitzvah, mitzvah maybe there's that. So then, he says, then, you know, if you stand to lose your job, that's like Chaim Mishnah If you stand to lose a significant portion of your income, you're not obligated. And he says, the majority of the Paiskim don't hold like the Taz. The majority of the Paiskim do not hold that it's Elisa say. This is the Taz's Chiddush. This is the Taz's idea. He came up with this on his own. He says, it's, you know, we, we would be machmer if we could, but he says, you don't, we don't have to go like the, you don't have to, to, to assume like the, like the Taz. Let's read his language here. He brings the Gros says, the halacha is not like the Taz. Even though this minig has already been in, throughout Klai Yisrael, like Garami Min Hage Yisrael Kedoshim, it's not better than a real mitzvah say. You're not mechuyiv and it's a hefzid gadol. And he goes on and so on and so forth. And he says, the shita sataz, then he starts wondering, can you even apply the shita sataz? Why? He says, why do people not wear hats nowadays? It's not a chayk. There's no special reason. It's just uncomfortable. It's gone out of style. There's no special reason why people don't wear hats. So you can't tell me that it's chukas ha'akam not to wear a hat. 
It's not chukas akam anymore than it became chukas akam not to wear uh, to you know not to wear long coats or to wear short coats. There's no special chayik. It just you know they're just uncomfortable, so people stopped wearing hats. And therefore, he says it could be the whole taz doesn't even apply anymore. Even according to the taz, it wouldn't apply. And therefore, he says you don't have to be concerned with the taz. There's no problem of a mitzvah uh, say. All it is is an essay or a mitzvah chasidus. So when it's a makam hefset, you stand something, to, you stand to lose something. You don't have to wear your yarmulke. However, he says this is this tshuva, different tshuva. He writes, very important. He says that's while you're working, but the second you step out of work, he says even if while your boss is looking at you, you put your yarmulke back on. I remember I was in the New York subway once. And I uh, was standing there waiting for the subway. It was during rush hour time. And someone opens his, his briefcase and takes out his yarmulke. That was like a funny thing to see. It was a strange thing to see. But uh, he's saying, no, don't wait till you get to the subway to put on your yarmulke. As soon as you finish work, as soon as you leave your office, your yarmulke should be on. There's no, no hat or no reason to be making any, any, anywhere past that. So that, that's what he points out in a different place. This is Rav Moshe's approach. Now listen to the Deborah Senior Robert's approach. What about Haskara? And- what? Right, she doesn't talk about that. Obviously, you would have to cover your head. No, he doesn't, doesn't get into that. That's probably the computer more of an iser. How does yeah. an interview factor into uh, so the let, let me talk about that for a second. Let me just to tell you the Debrecenian <coughs> Rav's approach. This, this is very, just very, very interesting. Whereas Ramayish's whole approach was, let's say, let's just get the halacha clear. This is what the Gemara says, the Taz says, the Imagan of Ram, what do they hold? How does this affect us? The Debrecenian Rav is done with that in two paragraphs. <laughs> he, says, he makes the same cheshbon. Let me tell you something that my father. Uh, he was killed by the Nazis, said in the name of Chassam Seifer, who was his grandfather through his mother's side. He said like this. He says this in Yiddish. He says, the Chassam Seifer used to say, as there was troknished a, she- a-, 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 a yarmulke is nishkin shegitz, but a shegitz troknished yarmulke. <laughs> to translate, he said that someone who doesn't wear a yarmulke doesn't mean he's a non-Jew, doesn't mean he's acting like a, a non-Jew, but only someone who acts like a non-Jew doesn't wear a yarmulke. That's, uh, someone who acts like that, that wear like, So in other words, what the, he says, what some was trying to say, is that you have to take this symbolism uh, seriously. It means something. It's not just a, he says, yeah, well, of course, taking off your yarmulke is the point of the marshal. Let's remember the point. He's saying, yeah, of course, taking off your yarmulke is not such a big avera. That's not the point. The point is it symbolizes something. It's an identity. It is part of our identity. And it is. And it's accepted as become part of the Jewish identity, the Jewish, the Jewish image. And if you take it off, it says something. So that's, that's, the, that's the first thing he says. And then he actually finds a source for this, a different Chassam Seifer. And this is where the Chassam Seifer actually explains why it is that women don't wear yarmulkes. And he says that, he quotes this Taz, that and he says that it's probably that's the reason why it became such a big thing. Is that everybody wants to know why? Where did it become such a big thing? Why did it become such a part of the Jewish image? So Chassam Seber says it's because that when Goyim go into the church, the men take off, uncover their heads, and the women cover their heads. He says that's why the Jews wanted to do just the opposite, and they were very macro that men should always cover their hair and women don't. That's what he says. It was because it was such a, it was part of a religious practice by the non-Jews that that's the way they show respect when they're going into their holy places. Therefore, the Jews specifically accepted upon themselves the opposite that men do and women don't. And that's what he said. That's why it became such a big deal. He's not saying that it is B'chuk Some say he's not saying it's necessarily B'chuk but he's just explaining why it became such a big deal and why people care so much. And then he continues on the Debrecen Rabbi. I'm telling you, this is the majority of his tshuva. He continues on 
And he says that, I know that even, no matter who you are, where you're holding in your level of, of observance, it always used to be that people really cared a lot about their yarmulke. And he says that he once had a couple that came in front of them, front of him, and this couple, he says, they were, they were Shemitah Mitzvahs, they kept Shabbos, they kept kosher, and kept, but he said, for, uh, they, they, were not, uh, they were not ultra-Orthodox by any, you know, by any stretch of the, of the, uh, uh, of the word. And he said there was, it was a couple, it was a man and a wife, and they were arguing, and they were fighting, and he was a Dintyra, and he was, he was the dying. And they were fighting about all kinds of things. And she was accusing him of this and that, and she was, he was accusing her of this and that. And it was fighting cats and dogs back and forth. Finally, she tells the Deborah Sinarov, you know, you shouldn't believe anything he says. And I'll, tell you, I'll prove it to you that you shouldn't believe anything he says. He comes home. He sits down. He takes out the New York Times, and he takes off his yarmulke when he reads the New York Times. He sits without a yarmulke on. And, and, and he said, like, this was like, oh my gosh, you can't believe anything he says. And he said the husband paled. And he said, you know, maybe, why, maybe this is why everything is happening to me. Maybe why this is why our marriage went so bad. Because I, I, I wouldn't wear my yarmulke always. And he said that they, they, like, the whole discussion turned around. And by the time they left, they were on a path of, of making up. <laughs> they said, they said like, like, wow. You know, but but, but it, it, it's a thing. You know, he was saying, this is 50 years ago. It was 50 years ago. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. Wearing yarmulke was a big deal. So he says, halachically, it's mutter, but... Don't quote me as saying that it's me. I am not going to tell you to take a job. I'm not going to be telling you to do that. And he says that this person that he wrote the tshuva to, he taka, didn't take the job, or he didn't go for the interview with, uh, without a yarmulke, and he got another job right away with a yarmulke, and he's able to wear a yarmulke, and everybody was happy. So that's what he said. Now, it's just, the approach is just so worlds apart. It's just very, it's just very, very interesting. It's just a whole different approach. Very, very different schools of thought. Back, yeah. back when people had to find jobs every week, they yeah. wouldn't work on Shabbos. Right. And they were young with us? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they did or what they didn't do. I can't tell you. They probably didn't. I'm not, I'm not even telling anybody what there is to do, what there is. He, they, everybody here agrees. Both the Ramayisha and the Debrisina Rav agree you don't have to wear a yarmulke when you go to work. Just the Debrisina Rav is just making a big case out of it. And he's saying that you shouldn't be happy to do that. That's what he's saying. Go ahead. You need to be, you know, chalash or do something like an avera. Should you take off your yarmulke and not be a dead Well, that's, that, there's a different Gemara about that. That's not today's discussion. There is a Gemara about that. There is a Gemara about that. That's not, that's not, that's not today's discussion. What about Heintinger people? It's basically between the same. It's the same kind of discussion. No, no, one, no one really holds it's an Israel. Everybody agrees that halakhically you don't have to wear your yarmulke. That is the, the halakha, I think, just about everybody agrees. You're not obligated to wear a yarmulke. And here, here's an interesting thing. Yeah, it works, yeah. But here's an interesting thing, and tell me what you think about this. You want to go for an interview, you don't want to wear your yarmulke because you want to get the job, right? So you don't wear your yarmulke. And you get the job. Is it okay now to put on a yarmulke? They, assuming they only gave you the job because you're not wearing a yarmulke. Yeah, no. I mean, people have told me. I've been, I've been cautioned against doing that. People right. have told me, like, I have yet to take off my yarmulke for an interview. Right. They'll find you to be... And people, and right. people have told me, I asked, like, can saying? I not yeah. wear the yarmulke and then, yeah. and then put it back on afterwards? And people have told me, like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, I saying. had the exact opposite situation. Oh, uh. Long ago, I was it was already established enough that I was comfortable. I wasn't gonna not get the job. Okay. And 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 the boss invited my wife and me to come to his house. 
And I already knew he was a reformed Jew who had no respect for Yiddish Shkai at all. He was a wise guy, too. I had no intention of wearing yarmulke on the job, relying on the head of Yaakov Kavanetsky. But I wore the yarmulke on the interview because I didn't want him to have any illusions that I was going to work on Shabbos. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I just to clarify. I mean, if you, if you take it off... And, and it got the job. If, if you <laughs> so there you go. You've got to get the illusion that you're not an Orthodox Jew. Right. And then, you know, you, know okay. you get the job, let's say... Now and then now it's the holiday season, like right. one month. Then you have to start. You ex- start explaining all that to them. It's true. Yeah, yeah you have to full disclosure. No, but it's it's it happens. It's a real thing. You should know. In other words, if you don't put on your yarmulke for the interview, and then you want to put it on later, it's a real question of Gnevis das. Yeah. It's yeah. not. So it's not positive. Yeah. If, they, in other words, if the reason why they they are bothered by yarmulke is because they honestly think whether they're right or wrong, but they honestly think it's going to affect clients. It's going to make other coworkers uncomfortable. You know, there's going to encourage a division amongst their, 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 their team. So then you can't just go put on your yarmulke. Even if you right? apply for the job and your name is like Shmoy Schwartz. People don't, no, don't get, get that. I was just in Target. I was just in Target. Now you would think over here in Washington, in, in Wheaton, Target and Wheaton, they've seen Jews before, right? I was there with my kids, all dressed, like, you know, with my, little, my son wearing a yarmulke. And someone asked, like, what, what, what kind of people are you? Seriously, someone in Target. What kind of people do that, you know? Hello? Yeah. You watch TV? Yeah. No, what? Can you ask if anybody has... Uh, what? I'm, I'm curious if anybody's ever actually encountered a business interaction where you know for a fact that your yarmulke negatively affected you. Oh, I, I used to work at yeah. the JCC. I wear my census hat. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 The person comes to me and they're like, oh, you're orthodox. I'm like, yes, I am. That's how the Jew to a Jew. Has anybody ever not been promoted, lost a job, lost a client explicitly that you are clear that it was because you were wearing a yarmulke? Because I know that we do a lot of projection and fear. And this whole conversation is is out of fear, but I wonder if anyone has any... But it's so hard to know. I mean, I've gone on a hundred interviews. I don't have a job yet. It's very possible that that's because of... I'm not yet. But yeah, I interviewed a company that I told them I wouldn't be wearing a Yeah, that's right. Turbans, that's right. So whenever I see a sick wearing this huge turban... So like, why can't I wear my yarmulke? But I'm like, why would I not wear a yarmulke? This guy's wearing a huge thing on his head. Maybe it could be also. Maybe also they don't get their jobs. No, but they look at it from some hire from a hiring partner told me this that when they look at a from guy and doing for a law firm, what they see is missing a bunch of days a year for doctor's appointments because they have okay, kids. Okay, so they know that. Missing for yom tiv. So they make, they have an association. They're making these associations. Okay, but that's a good association. It, not for that's them. true. It, no, it's, that's not true. You know, I understand. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's easier when they're not confronted by that right away. They get to know you a little bit. Like, third date. Do you want it to be on the third date? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to have to somebody or that's a different discussion. Should be dressing differently to avoid really It's a good Shiloh. There's a Gemara about it. I just want to end off. I want to end up saying. I want to say two stories. I just want to say two stories. I don't want to start with these two stories, but I'll end with these two stories. One, one was my uncle, Oliver Shalom. He passed away a couple of years ago. He uh, he had a carpet wholesale business. King Carpet. His kids still run it. And uh, so he was often in all different parts of the world and bidding on big carpet jobs, a wholesale carpenter, and they, you know, they, the carpet hotels, carpet uh, nursing homes, etc. There was, it was big jobs. So he would go to interviews anywhere. So he went once for a, uh, for, for, to make a bid on a, 
hotel chain in Texas. And he was sitting in the waiting room, waiting for his chance to make it. He was wearing his yarmulke, and he was debating, should I wear my yarmulke, should I not? I'm in Texas. They won't even know what I'm doing. You know, like they're not going to, they're, they're going to be so turned off, they're, they're not going to stop, they're going to stop listening from the first second. He's back and forth, back and forth. Finally, he decides, you know what, I'm just going to wear my yarmulke. He goes in, he makes his bid, and he's contacted a few days later by one of the partners, and they said, we gave you the bid. You won the bid, you're getting the job, and you should know it's because you kept your head covering on. We were watching you in the waiting room, and we were wondering if you're going to take it off. That's what he said. And you kept it on, and we're very impressed. You're a man, you stick to your things, you stick to your ideals. We, we like that. That's honesty. That's real. He got the job. So that's, that's like one, one story. What? They like big heads. Yeah. That's, that's one story. And this, is, uh, this is another story also from someone I know in, in Los Angeles. This, this guy, his name, his name is Mati. And uh, he, I, I forgot what he does. He does some kind of medical supply. I forgot what it was. And he was trying to make a, uh, he, he was going to make a bid also to uh, a, um, a, psychi- a psychiatric hospital. Uh, also a big company, uh, which uh, had different branches. And he wanted to, so to be the one that sells them, be the vendor that sells them their, the product, one of the, whatever it was, the medical equipment that he was providing. And uh, the meeting where he was going to present his bid was in Las Vegas. So he flew down to Las Vegas and he's waiting to go into the meeting. Again, he's debating, should he wear his yarmulke? And he doesn't, he decides that. Nah, all right, who knows these people? I'm not going to wear my yarmulke. He goes in, he's not, he goes in and he's about to present his bid. They say, tell him, wait, you know, wait, you can't start. The CEO is not here yet. So he sees, yeah, the seat head of the table is, is empty. They said, when's the CEO getting here? They, they called us, he's stuck in the airport. Yeah, he's always late. Then he'll be here eventually. And they, he, said, they, he said, you know, can I start without the CEO? They said, eh, he has the last word and everything. Don't waste your time. You know, wait till he comes. He's sitting there, he's waiting. He's all nervous, thinking through his, 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 his presentation. And then the CEO comes charging in. And the CEO, his name is Barry Weiss. He happens to be a cousin of mine. Just to give you an idea what Barry Weiss looks like, he's, uh, you know how, um, know, for example, Ben Kugler, what he looks like, you know, the long beard, it's exactly how this guy, he looks like a spinning image of him. And he is, uh, he's like a chassidish he's fiery chassidish like he's one of these guys that's starting all the, like learning all night and, and all kinds of uh, main programs, and that's the kind of person he is. This is the CEO. He comes running in, and he knows him, because they're both from Los Angeles, so he knows him, he looks and says, Mati! Where's your yarmulke? <laughs> he, so he sits down, finds all embarrassed, puts on his yarmulke, and he makes his bid. And finally, after, so afterwards, Barry Weiss, Mr. Weiss, comes over to him and he says, you know, I'll, I will accept your bid, but you have to promise me you're never going to do that again. <laughs> you're never going to take off your yarmulke again. And he made him promise one other thing, that he won't sleep overnight in Las Vegas. <laughs> he says, I never sleep overnight in Las Vegas. I come, I come from a meeting, I fly right out. He made him promise those two things, and he got the thank you very much. I have so many of, 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 of the second story. Yeah. I know a few.